Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Hey, girlfriends, how are you today? I am so blessed to be here with you today. You know where I am? I am in Idaho, in Blanchard, Idaho. And I'm looking at the mountains. I wish you could see them. They're absolutely gorgeous. We're in the RV. My husband and I are traveling the country, and we're interviewing people to see what God is doing in and through them in the U.S. of A. And today I have got uh, a woman on, and I'm so blessed to have her with us because her time is precious. Um, Her name is Abby Johnson, and the last time I had her on the show, uh, we talked about abortion, and I told my husband that this is the most important show I've ever done in my life, and so I feel the same way about the follow-up we're having today. Let me tell you a little bit about Abby, just for a second, if I could. Uh, She is a planned, was a planned parenthood abortion clinic director turned pro-life advocate. She is a CEO of And Then There Were None. She has been on Fox News just actually the other day as well, a speaker at various um, events. She's highly in demand, including she has spoken at the National Republican Convention. Um, We had her shows on number 187 and 188, and it was titled And Then There Were None. You can hear her biography there at length. Uh, And friends, we went behind the scenes in the details of what happens in Planned Parenthood and the lies they're sharing with their clients, as well as a front row seat to how the procedures were done. Abby's ministries are pro-love and love line. And you can please find her at prolovministries.org. Abby, thank you for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks so much for having me again. You know, I was thinking we were going to be celebrating and talking about how Roe versus Wade got overturned. And this is over a 50 year uh, uh, law that has been in place that has now been overruled by the federal government. And boy, a few things have happened since that got passed. Um, Can you share with me a little bit what is about the battle that is going on and what is their argument? Yeah, I mean, so we are celebrating, right? I mean, we are very excited that Roe has been overturned. Um, you know, it's it's a great day. Uh, Roe was an abomination to God. It was an abomination to our country. We saw over 60 million babies killed, aborted uh, because of Roe. You know, the law is a teacher, right? And A lot of people say, oh, you know, politics are upstream from culture. And some people say culture is upstream from politics. And it really is both. Right. It's not one or the other. It's it's both. And um, and and that's what we see. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm sort of I'm I've always been against abortion, but it's it's legal. So it must be okay." And um, we heard that a lot in the abortion clinic, actually. And so, you know, when Roe is, you know, now that Roe has been overturned, there have been already, uh, you know, about a dozen states that have already enacted trigger bans or they will, um, you know, within the next couple of weeks, abortion is already illegal in many states. Abortion clinics have closed down in many states. 
My Praise state is God one of them. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My state is one of them. Texas, you know, one of the largest states um, with the highest abortion numbers. Can't get an abortion in Texas now. Can't Good. get an abortion in uh, Missouri. Can't get an abortion in Tennessee. Um, you know, many of the southern states, abortion is now completely off the table. That's already saving thousands of lives, right? Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. very excited about we about that. We feel very uh, fortunate and victorious. But is there much much work to be done? Absolutely. Okay, and. It's really strange, Shug, because when you look at what the other side is fighting for, they are seething with this desire to kill babies. And that is, it's deranged and it's demonic. Mm -hmm. And if there was ever a time for us to see Satan right in front of us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right now. Yeah. I mean, and you go to these rallies, you go to these protests and I've seen a lot of videos and these women are like, we love killing babies. We love killing babies. And it's just the things that are coming out of their mouth. And even if they're just trying to be, you know, shocking or whatever, the fact that they would even say something like that yes. is just mm-hmm. so disgusting and evil. Well, and um, I agree with you. I think, you know, the time is near. Christ mm-hmm. is going to be coming soon. I can feel this in my bones. And on Fox News the other day, you were talking about how the turmoil in the protesting, they keep going back and forth like they don't know what they want. Can you exactly. explain what that means? Yeah. I mean, you know, for so long... You know, people who support abortion are like, ah, oh, we don't want the government in our bodies. We don't want the federal government telling us what to do. And so when the Supreme Court came back, they said, we agree, right? And that's what Roe was doing. It was, it was basically saying that the federal government had a say in what women could or couldn't do with their bodies. And so because of that, they said, well, you know what? Abortion isn't in the Constitution. There should not be a right to abortion or not in the Constitution. And so we're completely removing that. We're giving it back to the states, right? The federal government should not have a say in what you do with your bodies regarding Amen. abortion, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they said, we're going to give it back to the states. That's what abortion supporters have been saying they've wanted, right? They want the federal government out of their bodies, right? So the Supreme Court said, we agree. Right. And then they're like, wait, no, (laughs) that's not what we wanted. Right. And so then they said, you know, we want democracy. We want democracy. So the Supreme Court said, agreed. Right. We're going to give you democracy. Now it's back to the states. Now you really are going to legislate this from a state level. Right. So what do you have to do? Well, you vote in the legislators you want to you know, support abortion rights or not, or, you know, whatever at the state level, it's going to be up to the will of the people in that state. And now they're like, well, no, not, not that kind of democracy, right? (laughs) We don't want that kind of democracy. So the Supreme court literally has given them everything that they were fighting for and saying that they wanted, and now they're upset. And then you've got, you know, all of these people, you know, all of the abortion supporters have said for years, you know, you're only pro-birth. You're only pro-birth. That's, you know, that's all you are. You don't care about, you know, women and children after they're born. And for decades and decades, 
the pro-life movement has been proving that to be completely false. That's a completely false narrative, right? We have over 3,000 pregnancy resource centers in the United States that are providing really comprehensive care for women and their children well after birth. There's over 3,000 in the United States where women can go to how can they find that list? Is it online? What do they Google? What do they do? If they just Google pregnancy resource center or pregnancy center and then their town, the closest one will pop up, you know, pregnancy center near me, the closest one will pop up. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing that for decades. Right. And then, you know, we, we sort of prove them wrong in this area. And then there's this group, Jane's revenge that comes out and they start firebombing and vandalizing these pregnancy resource centers. So they have been criticizing us for not doing, you know, for being pro-birth, right? And they were like, no, we've been doing, we've been doing this for decades, you know, pregnancy resource. And then they're sort of like, well, where are they? Because we want to vandalize them. It's like, wait a minute. It just, you know, it just, it's really, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's spiritual battle is what it is. It is. It's a spiritual battle between good and evil and, uh, you know, really politics as much as, it plays a huge role in this as well. But we're talking about millions of babies being murdered, a great genocide. And I wish that our listeners could know what you know that you learned behind the scenes at Planned Parenthood. Can you just share a little bit with them? They need to hear the realism of this and what's going on. Yeah. You know, I I think that, I mean, honestly, I think that if, I think one of the reasons that abortion continues to escalate in this country, I think one of the reasons that, you know, these women, there is this sort of wailing and gnashing of teeth for abortion rights is because you don't see the victim of abortion, right? When that baby is killed in the womb, it's done in secrecy. It is done in the womb. And you don't see that baby's heartbeat extinguished. You don't see this child being ripped apart in, you know, her her mother's womb. You don't see, you know, the child's limbs being torn apart, um, you know, piece by piece. You You don't see it. And so I think when you don't see the victim die, it's very easy to say, well, it's about the woman sitting in front of me, not about the baby dying in her womb. And I think if people could actually see it, more people would be against it. But it's sort of like out of sight, out of mind, right? Because you only see the person sitting in front of you. So then that person becomes the victim of her circumstances. Yeah. Um, But if people could, and even if people could really see what's happening to these women inside of abortion clinics, I mean, abortion clinics are, they are not typical medical facilities. They are filthy. They are dirty. They are run by people who see these women as simply a line item in a budget. These Mm -hmm. abortion facilities have quotas for the amount of abortions they have to perform. They are coercive. They are manipulative. They are not giving women options. You know, I tell people all the time, once a woman has walked into an abortion clinic, her choices are off the table. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear from former abortion workers all the time that they physically held women down on the table, even as the woman is yelling like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. 
they would physically hold her down on the table and force her to have an abortion and just inject her with sedation to keep oh, her quiet. Um, and this know, is what your ministry does. Um, yes. you, you know, pro-love ministries, share a little bit about what you guys do. Yeah. So one of the things we do is we help get abortion clinic workers out of the, the abortion yeah, mm-hmm. out of the abortion industry, and we get them into, we help get them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because you know they themselves had participated in terrible things, things that they didn't think they were going to be a part of, right? Because they got into the abortion industry thinking I'm going to help women, and then all of a sudden they're piecing body parts of babies back together. Oh. All of a sudden they're you know holding women down on the table. Mm-hmm. You know they're listening to the things that these doctors are saying about these, you know, women's body parts, their genitalia, you know, they're making jokes about the Mm -hmm. way their bodies look. And they're like, wait, this is not, this is not helping women. This is not what I, I signed up for. Right. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. watching women almost bleed to death on a table and being told they're not allowed to call an ambulance. And so, you know, they want to get out too. And then love line is a 24 hour crisis line for women in crisis. So whether she's pregnant, whether it's a single mom who needs help, you know, you don't have to be pregnant to get assistance from us. But Mm -hmm. if you're a single mom who's Mm -hmm. struggling to pay rent, utilities, whatever it is, we help them too. And how do they uh, reach out for that love line? Yeah, just loveline.com. We have a 24 hour hotline that's, um, you know, that can answer calls anytime, calls or texts. Yeah. And they can find that, you know, we talk about solutions. You hear the other side of the arguments, you know, or, you know, I was raped and I want an abortion or, you know, incest. I want an abortion, you know, things like that. What words of advice do you have for those people? You know, those sorts of situations are, they're awful. They're terrifying. They're scary. Um, they're traumatic, but mm-hmm. what we know, and I, you know, I'm saying this as a therapist myself, What we know about those situations is that traumatizing a trauma victim is the worst possible thing that we can do. And abortion creates further trauma for that victim. And what we know through, you know, very extensive documented research, published research, is that women who have been victimized through sexual assault Um, is that they fare much better either choosing a parenting decision, like parenting Mm -hmm. their own child or parenting through adoption. They fare better emotionally than those who choose to have an abortion. Because the women who have abortions after sexual assault, they are creating another wound that they Mm -hmm. have to heal from. Mm -hmm. And so if, you know, what we need to do as a movement, as Christians, as women, is we need to get these women, number one, we need to get them stable, right? If they're, you know, um, you know, if they're housing unstable, if they're, whatever that is, we need to get them into sort of those primary needs, right? So we need to get them stable in that way. But then we need to get them the emotional support that they need. And we need to help them with any sort of parenting resources that they need. And, you know, that needs to be the primary focus for trauma victims. You know, having them endure a secondary trauma is not going to help them in the long run. And that's backed up by so much research. 
And, you know, you mentioned that in your movie, too, which was excellent. Um, it was titled And Then There Were None. You guys, I unplanned. really recommend. Oh, unplanned. I'm sorry, unplanned, yeah. unplanned. And I really recommend that you watch that movie, Unplanned. My husband and I did, and it changed our lives. Um, you know, we were always pro-life, but all the more it gave us substantial evidence. And, you know, with this um, situation where the president decided to enact an order uh, that he signed that abortion become more available uh, for people. He also talked about making sure that the medic medical abortion, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, would become more available to people so they can abort their child. But in the movie, you talked about that being even worse and yeah. more painful. Can you explain that for the women? Yeah. So medication abortion or sometimes called chemical abortion is the RU-486 pill. And it's a series of pills that a woman takes. So the first pill, Mifeprex, is a pill that actually kills the baby. It deprives the baby of progesterone, which essentially is food for a, a growing baby. And then the second set of pills called misoprostol or Cytotec are pills that uh, cause the uterus to contract, like labor contractions, and then you expel the baby essentially into your toilet. And then the woman has to make a decision on flushing her baby down the toilet. Um, it is an extremely painful process. Um, you know, you, the woman does have labor intense cramps while she's passing her baby. Um, it's very, very painful. It's excruciatingly painful. It's very traumatic for a woman to go through because she's laboring. She's going to see her baby come out of her. Um, it is, it is bloody. Um, I don't think, you know, most women throw up. They, uh, you know, the pain is so intense. Uh, you know, the woman usually starts sweating, which is something that most women, if you haven't gone through labor, that's something that they've never experienced before that mm -hmm. sort of intense pain where you just start yeah. sweating. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, the physical complications are much more severe. So you are 20% more likely to have a severe physical complication with a medication abortion over a surgical abortion. And the scary part of that is that you're in your home. Mm -hmm. So if you start hemorrhaging to death and you live, let's say in a rural community where you are an hour and a half, two hours, or even an hour from an emergency room, you may die mm -hmm. before you get to an emergency room. Or if you're alone, you, you can't drive yourself to an emergency room. If you're out of, you know, the area for an, for an ambulance to come pick you up. And you can't drive yourself to an ER. I mean, like mm -hmm. there could be possibly deathly consequences for having a medication abortion and people just don't understand this. And now a lot of women are getting these pills mailed to their home. So and that's it's, what it's the president very is scary. trying to support. Yes. And you also had talked about at one time, the length of time, ladies, if you're thinking, okay, I'm going to abort this child, take this pill, boom, we'll be done. No, the length of time of recovery is a long time uh, because yes. you're, you've gone through such a suffering. And, you know, so let me, look, uh, you know, this is just a topic that just breaks my heart. And I just know it breaks God's heart. You guys, God is so clear. He says in scripture for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. 
And another verse says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame is not hidden for you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And this is one of my favorites. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Friends, if you've already had an abortion, there's forgiveness, there's Mm -hmm. second chances, repent, give it to God, ask for forgiveness. And I got to tell you, he forgives us as far as the East is from the West. But if you're pregnant right now and you're thinking about abortion, I really want you to think about adoption. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, um, one of our children, we, we have eight kids. One of our children is adopted and it's a very open adoption. So we see his birth mother. She's a part of our family. I always say when we adopted Jude, we adopted his birth mother as well. Um, It's just been such a beautiful blessing for our family. I'm not going to say it hasn't been hard. I'm not going to say that there hasn't been grieving from her side that, you know, it's adoption is hard. It's, Mm -hmm. it's painful. It's beautiful. Um, but it is such a gift and it's been a gift for us. us. It's been a gift for his birth mother. Um, and you know, the beautiful thing about open adoption is that you navigate it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really sort of co-parent him and it's really just been a, an amazing opportunity. And I think a lot of people don't understand adoption. A lot of women don't consider adoption because they don't understand it. And so we have partnered with Abiding Love Adoptions and they work specifically with birth mothers and they really help equip women who are considering adoption or just who have questions about adoption. They are birth mother advocates. And so if anybody is thinking, you know, maybe I have questions about adoption or maybe adoption would be a good path for me. I encourage them to get in touch with Abiding Love Adoptions and have all of their questions answered. Okay. So they can Google that Abiding Love Adoptions. Mm -hmm. They can find that information. They can go to pro loveministries.org, which is your organization as well. They can also go to uh, the one that you had mentioned, uh, Loveline. Uh, You can Google that and look that up as well, friends. Um, uh, Resources are abundant. Mm -hmm. Abortion is not the only way. And I know some people find that a, a form of contraception, but it's not. Because we've already learned that God's will is, is that he has created and formed this beautiful child And that child does not have an opportunity to live. I love what you said on your Twitter feed. It said, you shouldn't punish your child because you weren't planning on them. Your child deserves to live regardless of whether you are expecting them or not. Those were good words of wisdom, Abby. Do you have any uh, last words that you'd like to share with our listeners around this topic? Yeah, well, I just want to say that, you know, even if you live in a you know, a very red state where abortion is illegal now or unavailable or, you know, whether or not you live in a very deep blue state or, you know, somewhere in between now is not the time for us to give up or for us to relent as Christians, as pro-lifers. Now is actually the time for us to really double down on our pro-life efforts. We have pregnancy centers in our area that need our help now more than ever. So if you are not involved with a local pro-life resource, you need to be. If you have not Mm -hmm. taken a tour of your local pregnancy center, you need to. If you are not a monthly giver to your local pregnancy resource center or pro-life group, 
You need to be, um, you know, we, these pro-life groups, they need your help um, very seriously right now. I can tell you that at Loveline, we are intaking over 30 women every single day. So mm. women are, they're calling, they're coming. Crisis pregnancies are not going to stop just because mm. abortion clinics are closing. And friends, this is the battle that we are on the forefront of the spiritual battle. Rise up ladies in Christ. And let's see what we can do to come alongside these women and stop this genocide that's happening in our country. Friends, you know I love you, and so does Christ. And please invite him into your heart. Ask him to lead you in every way. And I want to tell you, there's no sin that he cannot forgive. My name is Shugbury. Thank you, Abby Johnson, for coming on. You know I love you. Over and out. Hey, ladies, this is Shugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies, and each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony how they received Christ in their life. This is Suge Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.